0: wonderful friends. Welcome to Faith FM Drive Time. Welcome to Big Q&A. Uh, This is the show where we're responding to difficult questions concerning God and faith, contemporary religion and the Bible. Uh, This is the show where we look at world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. I'm Pastor Gary. I'm Minister to the Brighton Seventh-day Adventist Church right here in the beautiful city of Adelaide. I'm also your drive-time host every Tuesday and Wednesdays. Uh, Guys, it is so good to... uh, to be with you uh, once again uh, look I'd love to have you uh, join with us if you'd like to share a, a positive thought if you'd like to comment on one of the one of the issues that we're uh, discussing if you just if you just want to say hey hello pastor Gary this is where I'm living I'm hearing you from I'm hearing you for the very first time uh, from and uh, we love uh, those of you particularly who are in central Central Australia and we want to say a really big um hello to those of you who are in the big central australian uh network it's wonderful to have so many small communities just uh with us at this point right now i um Coupapedia is just uh putting the final touches to their uh uh their uh equipment and uh they will become will become one of three radio stations available to uh to people in cooperpedy uh what a fantastic uh innovation uh this this really is now, guys. This uh, this week we're following the theme. You are not a robot, and of course, uh, what we're dealing with is this fourth commandment. Last week we dealt with uh, the uh, commandments of God, and we asked the question: Would we actually have a better world uh, if we were to give some allegiance, some attention to uh, the commandments of God? And we looked at: Thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not commit adultery. And we said: of these negative or positive, and all we we. Our conclusion was that these are some of the most uh, positive uh, commandments that you can possibly imagine. Uh, if uh, if our world was to adopt these. How much better they'd be this week. We're actually looking at the uh, one of the first four commandments, and of course, it's the fourth commandment dealing with this subject of the, the Sabbath. Hence, this uh, subject: you are not a robot. That's actually so important because uh, robots, of course, uh, they can just keep on going forever. Uh, give them a bit of oil, and twenty-four-seven, you've got production. But you are not a robot. And you know, God didn't design you as a robot. Uh, He actually designed downtime. I think that's incredibly beautiful but today we're going to be asking what does the New Testament teach about the the Sabbath yesterday I did a Bible study there uh, and we were looking at uh, uh, the subject of uh, the Sabbath uh, from creation the Sabbath in the Decalogue uh, the Sabbath in the life of the the Jewish nation and we noticed that the Sabbath wasn't given uh, originally to the Jews it was actually given to humanity way back at uh, at creation uh, really loved being able to share uh, share yesterday but today we want to come to the New Testament and just simply ask hey does the New Testament have anything to say about your need, my need, our need? for rest, uh, and indeed, I think you're going to be incredibly blessed by what you're going to hear here today. Now, our co-host today is uh, is Pastor Eric Hoare. Now, uh, Eric is uh, uh, pastoring the Adelaide uh, Seventh-day Adventist Indigenous Congregation. Now, welcome to you again, Eric. Well, thanks, Pastor Gary, and hello to the listeners. Uh, it's fantastic to have you back. How's ministry going at the uh, Indigenous Congregation at the moment?
1: Yeah, very well, Gary. We had, on Wednesday mornings, we had our Bible study this morning, and uh, that went very well. And we had a a lovely lady, if she's listening or may listen, uh, Delcey from Una Dada visiting and uh, it was great to see her uh, again after all these years and uh, then after Bible study we went to the op shop uh, the new one that's uh, there in Smithfield on Peachy Road Uh, and there's a lovely little cafe in there and uh, some free giveaways plus you can buy food cheap there and you sit down and go through the clothing so we took our little group there and had a a wonderful time and Pastor uh, Fletcher and I had a nice uh, hot chocolate made with soy milk and my compliments to the staff there, one of the best I've tasted. So we had a lovely spiritual morning where we talked about angels and how – angels in the Bible and uh, how the protection we have, sometimes without even noticing it, uh, that uh, yeah there is angels protecting us in our time of needs and going through hard times. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Do, do you find many of your congregation actually listen to uh, our Faith FM program? I know some do. Yeah, some
1: do. And uh, you've just mentioned in Cuperpedia and other places and, uh, you know, I, I think it'd be lovely if in the communities we could get some, you know, dishes put up there and, and get the signal better. Um, I actually find the signal a bit weak coming through from a around Elizabeth Way yeah, and get yeah. stronger as you get in towards the city. But, yeah. you know, as time progresses I think, you know, we'll reach out further and further.
0: Ah, but you don't have the app downloaded on your phone, do you? Uh,
1: I do but I know a lot of folks that don't and when I'm driving, uh, yeah, you know, yeah. it's a bit tricky. That's very true.
0: That's very true. Yeah. <laughs> oh, look, tell us, Eric, now look yeah. uh, uh, next weekend Easter's coming up. Are you doing anything for Easter?
1: Well, I kind of haven't planned that far ahead yet but I know that our family normally gets together for Easter and we go down to a park. If the weather's good and we normally just have a meal together and uh, we uh, play a bit, we love playing cricket together a bit of outdoor cricket. Yeah. So it's mainly family time uh, when we get together but uh, you know they' kind of spread far and wide now so we normally get together with a few yeah. so we're just having an, an easy it's lovely to have a long weekend. Yeah. Even when you are retired,
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, yes, yeah, 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 because that's the time the family's all free. Yeah. Uh, that's the time they can come around and uh, yeah. and join and share with you. Yeah, now it's right. a beautiful, beautiful time. Look, let's come to our uh, World Watch uh, segment, and uh, today, once again, from the this time again from the Christian Headline site, uh, we uh, uh, I picked up this uh, this article: the undeniable importance of fathers for now and eternity. You know, one of the things I'm really conscious of is that, uh, you know, there's, there's not a lot of attention paid in our contemporary world to the value and importance of, uh, of fathers. And, uh, uh, mothers, of course, also are very, very important. But this particular article was dealing with, uh, with fathers. This is what it, what it says. Dads are critical. We've known this for, a, for a long time. Uh, earlier this month in the Wall Street Journal, Jennifer Wallace, uh, surveyed the overwhelming and Decades-long scientific consensus that fathers and fatherly love are irreplaceable in the lives of children. For example, a 2021 study from the Journal of Family Psychology found that warm and caring dads predict better mental health outcomes for children, both boys and girls, with, 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 their, uh, with such fathers experience fewer weight concerns higher self-esteem and fewer depression uh, symptoms. Uh, The connection between physically present, emotionally available fathers and mentally healthy kids is so strong that researchers have actually termed it the good father effect. A recent review published in the journal Children Uh, surveyed nearly four dozen studies on the father-child relationship. In Wallace's words, these studies conclude that Fathers who were involved in caregiving and play, who reacted with warmth and greater sensitivity to a child, who expressed emotions, uh, were significantly more likely to have children with better emotional balance from infancy to adolescence. Such emotional stability in turn predicted higher levels of social competence, peer relationships, academic achievement and resilience among kids. If it is indeed true, as all the evidence shows, that dad's love has such incredible power to set children on a healthy trajectory, why then, this article continues, are our laws and our culture and so many of the movements that shape uh, both so intent on denying the need for fathers, the redefinition of marriage, the rise of in vitro fertilisation and surrogacy for same-sex couples, the embrace of gender ideology that treats men and women as somehow interchangeable, and especially the acceptance of unmarried parenthood, uh, all ignore or reject the centrality of a father and a mother committed to one another and to their children for life. In fact... There have been never been more people or resources invested in alternatives to the family. Now, you know, as I, as I read this, this particular article and it does go on, it does talk about that, you know, the reality that some people do have poor parenting. Uh, both in their background, some people have uh, have not been blessed with a good father. Uh, it also talks about the importance of a, of a mother. But uh, today, uh, this article is particularly uh, targeting uh, men and uh, uh, and the role of fathers. Look, to me, it's actually saying an incredible, incredible amount. Look, Eric, d- do you think there's you know, do you think there's enough emphasis on the role of men? In parenting,
1: well, today it, it it seems to be coming less and less, isn't it? When we have same-sex marriages as well, yeah. I know that uh, when I look back at Adam and Eve and the role that was uh, produced there, that even though we have roles for man and woman, they can be mixed into mix now. I remember growing up uh, with my young family and. Um, <clears throat> You know, the I was taught the mum was in the kitchen and I was out, you know, doing all the other stuff. That's changed now, thank goodness. And you know, we share the loads, but I really do think that um, there's something missing if Dad's not there. Um, I I see uh, amongst our group there are quite a few single mums, Mm -hmm. and they struggle with the children, the upbringing of the children, because they're taking on both roles, and it's very, very stressful for them. And, um, you know, they tell me that, that they are really, really struggling, that they wish there was a man in their lives that, uh, that would that would love uh, their children, except them and their children. So I think that the, the role today in society with the pressures that are on families today is immense. Back in our day, uh, it was still the same. I think there was a lot of pressures on us, uh, but I think that there was more time outdoors with family. Uh, There was more time down at the park and playing, whereas today everybody's doing their own little thing in a home. You could have, you know, three children and a mother and father, and yet they're all on their devices and they're all separated. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. which is a, which to me is a sadness because yeah. that's not the bonding. Even at tea times and meal times, often they're all separated and all over the place and in their bedrooms, which is sad. That's not the whole idea. You know, we often talk about the old days, and the old day was just being with your family and you'd go out on the weekends and you'd spend toge- time together at night. Those times seem to, because of the time emphasis today, seems to be under attack and it seems to have disappeared.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, and I I really um acknowledge what you're actually saying there and uh, I mean, I suppose in some and well in many ways actually I'm I'm pleased that the majority of my parenting was uh certainly uh before the days of the uh, of the internet and the gadgets and the certainly the mobile phones. Yeah. Uh that was something that I I find and an incredible, um, distraction as far as parenting is concerned. I know myself, you know, I, I how much I, I enjoyed, I loved, I meant being the, you know, the coach for my children's basketball team. You know, that was yeah. a, that was a highlight, you know, being able to drive my children to, uh, to, to school, uh, yeah. being able to, I, I, I can to this day remember, uh, being able to run, uh, certainly birthday parties, uh, for, uh, for my children. And I'd play dad, dad silly games. And I'd have, you know, all these, uh, silly, silly games lined up for my, you know, eight, nine, 10 year old, um, uh, children. And, uh, to this day, I look back on that and I think, well, some of those, um, some of those games are probably, uh, a little, a little more risky than, uh, what, uh, what you might, uh, might play, might, might play today. Um, but, uh, it, that was in in the contemporary environment it's so easy to simply say, "Hey, look, we're going down to mackers, and the mm. you know the parents sit in one corner and the you know the kids yeah. play on the you know the jungle thing at at mackers and okay, it's a nice party uh, but you know the thing I'm just so conscious of is that uh, I've certainly regarded it as an incredible privilege. Uh, to be able to be involved uh, in the lives of uh, of my of my children, and, and the other
1: thing too, Pastor Gary is from the child's point of view. I always remember the thrill when I played sport or had a uh, an event at school yeah. uh, to see mum and dad sitting on the sideline watching both of them. If one of them was missing. I felt a little sad about that, that yeah. they weren't there to see me, you know, yeah. do my best. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's, yeah. What's, that's what it's all about, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, Having yeah. that in a family. That's,
0: uh, that, that's exactly right. And, and to me, as I, I read this article, I sort of I, – I, I said, hey, look, you know, um, both uh, uh, in the ideal, wherever possible, a, uh, a mum and a dad uh, makes the the most complete unit – for a uh, for a that's what was given to us at creation. I, I know that sometimes you know single parenting becomes becomes necessary. Mm. I really acknowledge that, and I take my hat off mm. uh, to those people who, for one reason or another, uh, are in that particular uh, situation. Because I do acknowledge it's uh, it can become incredibly uh, stressful. But you know, mm. to me, that ideal that was given to us at creation, mm. to me, is uh, paints such a beautiful picture of what uh, God desires for humanity
1: Yeah, and you know uh, as you say you know um, <clears throat> a loving father in a home is like our loving father in heaven and so uh, when there's three in the in the home then that family is complete father, yeah. the mother and God. that brings the whole family together with their children and changes our views because it takes us out of the world, and it centers us on the spirituality and the care and concern. Bringing up our children to know the Lord brings an extra dimension in a household. Mum and dad and family. It's a beautiful,
0: beautiful. It is, it is. It's a lovely picture that the scriptures do actually paint. There is a powerful place for the word of God today. And, uh, uh how, how sad it is that uh, so much of our community is actually forgotten, uh, what the ideal actually is. Uh, given to us way back there at, at creation. But folks, look, let's come to, uh, uh, come to some, uh, some music. Uh, this is, uh, Faith First. Uh, the song is, uh, Where There Is Faith. Uh, love, uh, this particular song. Uh, folks, please, uh, please enjoy Faith First, Where There Is Faith. where there is faith, don't you love? that uh that particular rendition love it. Uh, I think it's uh, I think it's great. Look guys I'd just like to say a really big uh, uh shout out to our mates over in Melbourne. Uh we've had a word of encouragement from uh, uh Paul over there in uh, in Melbourne and Paul would like to say a really big uh, uh hello to you My My brother actually lives in Melbourne. Uh it's uh, it, it's a beautiful uh, town in uh, uh in Victoria and uh, of course uh, uh over here in uh, in South Oz uh it's uh it, it's wonderful to be able to send all our weather, uh, over to, over to you folks. And, uh, also, hello. I'd just like to say hello to David in West Australia listening to us. Uh, uh he sent a question to us that on another episode, we will certainly, uh, be, uh, be responding to. And, uh, folks, if you do have questions, we may not be able to answer them straight away because we do have a theme for each program, but, uh, we are happy if you send us a, a question in, uh, to actually Spend a uh uh to, to answer your questions uh on the day that uh that uh, that theme is actually addressed. Now, folks, we do have a giveaway uh book. Now, uh, this is a different one uh to what we had yesterday, or the day before. Uh, this uh this book is uh uh combines uh the uh uh the commandments of god with culture uh now this is if any of you are interested in how culture and the bible intersect this is a book that you'll you'll love now this is uh, entitled the fourth dilemma uh by Pierre um Barcousin. and now uh christians throughout the united states of course are enthusiastically supporting various movements that insist that god's law must once again be the centre of our lives both personally and publicly can you do that Uh, is that something that will work but is it actually possible uh, this book asks to get Ten Commandments back into schools, workplaces uh, into uh, our society uh, into our hearts at the same time as it's argued that the commandments were nailed to the cross is it possible uh now of course uh this is actually this book's entitled The Fourth Dilemma. Now I believe you'll love uh this particular book. It's only 60 pages long, so it's not a big book. Uh but it is a little book uh that really does challenge so much about our culture. Uh guys, look if you would like uh your copy of uh, The Fourth Dilemma, then all you need to do is to text us. Now our studio text number is 0488 0488880811. And all you need to do is to put in the uh, our code for today. And our code for today is SA111. Now, that's a nice, easy one to remember. This is the fourth dilemma, SA111. And text that to 0488880811. And that'll go through to our robot. And our robot is called... Pilgrim uh, we uh um we get a bit frustrated with uh, Pilgrim sometimes because uh, if somebody sends in a a code that says SA gap 111 he doesn't know how to read that so we need a more expensive a more up to date uh, robot I can uh, I can see that uh, but he will actually come back to you and ask you just a few questions uh so that we can get this uh, book to you in the fastest uh way possible the book the fourth dilemma uh and the code is SA one one one, and our drive time text number is zero four triple eight eight zero eight eleven. I believe you'll love uh, that uh, uh, that particular that particular book. Now you are listening to uh, Faith FM Drive Time Big Q and A with uh, Pastor Gary, and today our co-host is Eric Hoare and Eric is pastoring the Adelaide Seventh Day Adventist Indigenous Congregation. And this week we're following the theme. You are not a robot. And today we're asking, what does the New Testament teach? about sabbath you know one of the things i'm really conscious of eric is that we're living in a day and age right now where you know everything is flat out it's like being on a on a treadmill you know there's no stop even uh, at christmas you come to christmas you have christmas lunch and the very next day the shops are open again uh <laughs> to be able to take back all your all your presents or alternative food money? to go all your, you know the, 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 there is simply no stop It's it's constant go 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 uh and And yet, as I read the Bible, it gives some principles that when I look at them, I say, hey, how good is our God? Uh, now, of course, you know, there are people who have certainly said to me, hey, look, uh, don't you realize that, you know, the, uh, uh, the Sabbath commandment is legalistic? And I've actually responded to them. I said, hey, this is, a, if having a rest is legalism, then bring on legalism. You know, mm. I'm, I'm happy with that. But look, um, many, many people do ask about this subject in, in the New Testament. You know, the Sabbath in the New Testament. What what do, do the Scriptures say um, in the New Testament on this subject?
1: Well, there's plenty to say in the New Testament, that's for sure. I've looked tonight at the book of Acts because there 85 times the disciples kept the Sabbath, even just in the book of Acts alone, which is absolutely amazing. Uh, and when you take the Old Testament and the New, in the Old Testament, the Sabbath was given for man as a rest, as you say you know, something that we really needed right through time. And there'll be some that say, oh, that's just, you know, Old Testament stuff. You know, the Ten Commandments were done away. So let's have a look and see what the New Testament actually says mm. about this. You know, so I've got a few texts here to share tonight. Um, Acts 17.1 is the first one I'll go to. Uh, and it goes from uh, Acts 17.1. It says, now, when they had passed through Amphalus and Apollonia, and then came to Thessalonica. there was a synagogue of the Jews. So there's the church there. Then Paul, as his custom was, went into them, and for three Sabbaths he reasoned with them from the Scriptures, explaining and demonstrating that the Messiah had to suffer and rise again from the dead, and saying, This Jesus whom I preach to you is the Messiah. And some of them were persuaded, and a great multitude of devout Greeks, and not a few of the leading women, joined Paul and Silas. So here we see that Paul went to the Sabbath service three times running in a row, where there were both Jews and Greeks, and they say that Acts 17 Acts was said to have been written 22 years after Jesus' death and resurrection, and the disciples were still attending Sabbath services with the Jewish people on the seventh day of the week. Now, mm. So that's interesting uh, that it says that Paul, as his custom was, so he was a regular churchgoer uh, and many of the disciples were too. And that's what I love about um, the Sabbath for me, Pastor Gary, is that it is my custom this day to these days to go to church on the seventh uh, week It never used to be like that. Okay. For me.
0: Can you just tell us about that? I mean, you say it mm-hmm. never used to be like that. You, yeah. so you haven't always been a person to, uh, to, to keep the, keep the Sabbath. No, uh, I wasn't born up in a, um, in a, in a Christian
1: home as such. My parents were lovely, but um, there was no Christian instruction. But my dad did like the Salvation Army, so we used to go and listen to the band and Christchurch at the square there. And now and then, uh, we would go on a Sunday, and I would go there uh, late at night. I remember as a little boy being drawn drawn to the church to go there on a on a sunday afternoon i quite enjoyed actually the the afternoon programs there and being drawn to that uh and so i would go there now and then uh and so that was my, but what we used to do was you'd go to church for an hour and then you'd come home and I'd play sport or we'd go mm, into mm. the garden uh, and that was my day. I just had a little sprinkling of that, but the rest of the day was taken up with what I did during the week basically, yeah, 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 you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, as a child. So that was what I was brought up with. But when I studied the scriptures and um, at my work, working triple time on a Saturday um, and started to to read the Bible and through a number of circumstances ended up um, really studying the Sabbath, the seventh day of the week. Uh, it was shown to me in Scripture, not by anyone, but by following the lines of lining up those texts that the seventh day of the week, God crea- at creation rested on the seventh day put it in the commandments throughout time. He says, if you love me, keep my commandments. And the seventh day was one of them. And then going right through time, I find when I read the New Testament that, boy, there's a whole group of people keeping them, the Christians mm. then. So right from the beginning, it was the seventh day of the week that those early early Christians were keeping through time. It wasn't a Sunday. It was a Saturday. So that Sabbath as a, a real day of rest. It's a day where I don't just go to church for an hour and then I go home and get back into whatever I was doing. It's a day that I spend, and generally with my family, uh, which really invigorates me. And I've actually found so many benefits from keeping this day that stretches beyond that. It means now that I spend far more time back then with my children than I ever did because I was caught up in that rush that you were talking about mm. no rest I thought I had to earn all the money on and spend m- m- mates in the, with, the, uh, with them in the pub so I found the extra benefit was that I was spending more time with my family and taking them to church and we were learning together how beautiful mm. is that mm. I think that's the way God designed the Sabbath to be that we would learn more about him together as a family
0: And, you know, what you're saying there, I believe, is actually so vitally important because sometimes people say to me, oh, look, you know, I mean, the Sabbath, what's it all about? And, you know, I mean, to me, I actually summarize it in a few words these days, and I just simply say, hey, it's a day for vertical relationship with God. It's actually a day when, you know, it's okay to be able to sleep in. (laughs) <laughs> it's a day when you can actually uh spend time with your with your family. It's a day for um hor- vertical relationships with God and horizontal relationships with uh family, friend and fellow believers. You know, and one of the most beautiful things I, I, I believe in in life is being able to have uh, the opportunity to be able to um to slow down and stop uh, a day a week, and to be able to say, for example, okay, we get, we're going to we spend time in worship at church, but after church, you know, to be a we, I know at our church here here at Brighton, we actually have a uh, a church fellowship lunch every every week, and it's a fairly relaxed uh, affair. Uh, but uh, uh, we uh, uh, we sit, we share together. Um, the the children. Um, a yahoo and outside I mean they've got all their you know all their mates are uh, together people to, to play with the parents are able to sit and just chat uh, together have fellowship uh, together uh, occasionally we we pack up and we go uh, maybe to the to the park yeah. and, and to be able to have you know and the and the young people will actually bring their their bikes so they can head around the, you know but it's very much based on uh, on fellowship uh, between between uh, between people who love and respect each other uh, and who have got similar values Do you know you know to me having that uh, on a as a weekly event is an incredible blessing to uh certainly to well to my family Absolutely. um and uh it's something that I I'm thankful uh I I certainly um came I I accepted accepted the sabbath when I was just uh, in my in my teens uh mm. but you know one of the things I really appreciated was during my uh, university years uh, my my peers uh they were you know 7 days a week in the books But for me, I had this ingrained into me that, you know, one day a week I was going to stop. And, and, you know, it's a beautiful thing when you're studying uh, to be able to say, sorry, we're stopping. And no matter what was coming, we stop. And I have felt, and you know, Eric, I don't know how you found it, but I have never found that I have failed a subject, I've never, mm. uh, you know, because a, my body actually needs that ability to stop, to slow down, and to be able to just um, just relax. Yeah. And I, I don't know how you found it, but I've never actually had any uh, negative come out as a result of having that day where I can rest and fellowship one day a week. Well, it's very hard to stop.
1: Let's face it, in a, in a busy life it's hard to, it takes a while actually to wind down. I find that you know if you're busy during the week and you've got a, a public holiday off or you're, you're having a day off, it is very hard to stop. And yet God has given us a commandment to actually stop for that day yeah. and to worship him. And what I find, what I love the most is that instead of hearing of the news of the world and the mix of the world, I'm actually hearing more about Jesus. Yeah. I'm hearing the news and I find that every time I go to church, I learn more about him. Yeah. So some people say to me, oh, Eric, you know, I, I believe in the Lord. Why do I need to go to church? Yeah. Why can't I just stay home? Or can I just read you what, what Jesus actually did uh, in Luke four sixteen? He says, so uh, he, Jesus, came to Nazareth where he had been brought up, and as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. So here is Jesus being brought up as a young lad now into a young adult. He is standing up in the synagogue as he has been taught right through. To actually be in the synagogue, and so that tells me that if Jesus was there every week, man, I need to be there. Even Jesus needed those around him that they can question and he can. And talk exactly,
0: to. and, and well, we actually have one of our listeners actually text in the exact that uh, that point, and I really do appreciate that uh, because one of the things that I know that I'm uh, I, that's so um, significant to me is that I'm actually a Christian person. I I want to live my life of following what Jesus did. And, and to me, uh, you know, to me, I find it difficult to say, Hey, look, you know, well, you know, Jesus did this one thing, but I'm actually going to go and do, do something, something else. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, th- that to me, and when Jesus had this day of rest, it was actually a full day of rest. And that's the, mm-hmm. that's the challenge. And people actually say, say to me, but pastor, you know, it's, you can't work it into your lifestyle. You know, it was really interesting one time, Eric, and I know I'm going to come back to your Bible study That's in just right, a moment, go but, for it. um, one time I was actually, um, I, I was in, um, church leadership over in New Zealand in your country, a beautiful country, New Zealand. Um, Amen. although we won't say that too Amen. loud. It was, look, it's a lovely part of the world. But, um, when I was over there on one particular occasion, I was actually contacted by a, by a group of people who wanted some more information about this subject of the Sabbath they were not Seventh Day Adventists they had only just stumbled along uh, uh, along this thing uh, and uh, uh, they they wanted to know you know why did seventh day Adventists, you know how did it match up with what they believe so anyway I got opportunity to talk uh, to talk to them and uh, at the end they made a really interesting statement to me they said uh, they said Gary said the one thing we cannot understand is why uh, you guys uh, don't share the benefits of this thing far more than you do I, they said we cannot believe how good this is ever since we've started to to do this and adjust our lives our family time has gone through the roof our families have come closer together and they hit me with this question why don't you guys share the benefits of this wonderful blessing far more than you do and to me I have to admit I uh, you know well I mean I'm, I, I'm left thinking you know well maybe they've actually made a very powerful point here you know because right. scripture is saying something mm. that you know is so easy to say okay this becomes part of the routine but for these Guys who had just um, started to pick up the benefits of the uh, of a seventh day Sabbath, uh, they are uh, they are excited about it.
1: And it's not just the Jewish people that this was given. It was given as it mentions here to the Gentiles. It was given at creation. So this is a benefit for all of mankind. And- Boy, boy, do we need it now, you know? Yeah. With all that we've gotten happening, it's interesting. I, I like what you said because Paul once said, and first in First Corinthians eleven, it says, "Imitate me as I imitate the Messiah." Yeah. So what it's saying, what he's saying here, then is, uh is that we are following God and. God asks us to love him by keeping the commandments. We don't do, we don't keep the Sabbath, we don't keep the other commandments to be saved. We do it because we love him and Mm. that becomes part of our lives. It becomes, if you call it a custom in our lives, it becomes a natural thing to do. Yeah. Just like it is to love other people. It should be natural to us to love other people. It should be natural enough for us to follow God wherever he takes us. And like you, Pastor Gary, I had to give up, uh, you know, my job to do this. In fact, if I could just share, we've got a a young man who's just coming, just turned up at our church, and he's from Papua New Guinea, Ivan. He won't mind me mentioning his name tonight. Mm. He was looking for a job, and we'd been praying about it for weeks, and he was called in into an office one day, and he was relating this back uh, just recently, and and they said to him, um, you know know uh, there's a job here for you and he says look i just can't keep uh, saturday saturday is my sabbath i can work monday to friday but i really need to uh, set up. that's my church day that's the day i want to have and they said no no you've, you've got to work monday to friday and he got up and he started to walk out and they said oh hang on a minute come back he said, oh, "We can see you're sincere. We will give you the job Monday to Friday if that's your principles." You know, that's an answer to prayer, and that's mm. what he stood by. You know, and he'll never ever regret doing that. Yeah. You never ever regret stepping out and faith. Oh, it's you know?
0: powerful, isn't it? And powerful. Yes. Well, look, let's come to some yeah. music when we'll uh, we'll come back and we'll come back to the to the Word of God again. And of course, uh, today's uh, the, this song is ancient words and how much we need uh, to rely on the ancient words of Scripture because it gives us a better way of living please enjoy Michael W Smith uh, and his uh, rendition of uh, this uh, this beautiful song uh, ancient words please enjoy
2: Down with God's own heart oh let the ancient
0: michael w smith and the uh, uh his version of ancient uh words uh love uh, uh love that uh, that particular hymn because that's what it is it's a modern it's a contemporary hymn but uh, uh really appreciate what he uh, what he does share uh now folks look we do have some uh, a number of people uh, uh commenting back uh, to us i really appreciate those comments and uh yes yeah, somebody uh did actually uh, say to us uh, some uh, paul from uh, uh from melbourne uh he, he mentions that uh, some churches in Melbourne say that the Sabbath changed to Sunday. I've read the whole Bible through, he says, and uh, I can't uh, can't find that. Uh, Paul, the really uh, good news is that tomorrow we're going to be dedicating our entire program. The whole program is going to be dealt with by Pastor Fabiano and Pastor Hugh Heenan and uh, uh, these men are going to be just uh, giving you historical documentation. Uh, why? How did that change actually take place? When did it actually take place? There are so many people that uh, uh their minds are literally blown uh when they realize uh how far after the cross that uh, change actually took uh took place uh i'd encourage you please come and pick up pick up tomorrow's program uh it uh, it really will uh, challenge your your thinking now folks we do have this giveaway book it's entitled the fourth dilemma uh this is a real ripper um is it possible to get the 10 commandments back into our schools workplaces and hearts at the same time, some say that's been nailed to the cross. Do uh, you know, probably one of the greatest needs we do actually have today is to have the Ten Commandments uh, come back into the hearts of our community. Uh, this, uh, this book, The Fourth Dilemma, uh, deals with that particular issue. Now, look, guys, if you like your copy of The Fourth Dilemma, uh, all you need to do is to text us. Now, our drive time text number is zero four triple eight. Eight oh eight eleven oh four triple eight. 80811, and, uh, the code is SA111. Uh, just SA followed by three ones. No, uh, no gap. And, uh, that'll go through to our robot. And, uh, that's, uh, Pilgrim. And, uh, he'll contact you, uh, get a little bit of information off you so that, uh, we can, uh, we can send this, uh, book to you in the fastest possible ma- manner. Uh, The Force Dilemma, uh, and that's 04888. 80811, and the code is SA111. Uh, you are listening. To uh, Faith FM Drive Time Big Q&A with uh, Pastor Gary And today our co-host is Eric Hoare. And Eric's pastoring the Adelaide Seventh-day Adventist Indigenous congregation And this week we're following the theme You are not a robot And how true that is uh, Today we're asking What does the New Testament teach about, about the Sabbath? Now Eric, we've been sidetracked so much of this program Just sharing our own personal stories The New Testament, please dig in just a little bit more We've got about, oh, about seven or eight minutes
1: Yeah, well, there's a little tickler for tomorrow night, if you like, just to rouse the interest a little bit for what um, uh, was being written up there. Uh, It's quite interesting, Acts thirteen forty two. it says, So when the Jews went out of the synagogue, the Gentiles begged that these words might be preached to them the next Sabbath. So here's the Gentiles hanging on every
0: word that Paul said. Now, the Gentiles are wanting the word Paul's words preached to him the next what day? The next Sabbath.
1: Now, here is a perfect situation for Paul to tell the Gentiles, Hey, come back tomorrow, you know. Um, they could say to him, look, come back tomorrow. Tomorrow is our Sabbath. But they didn't say that. They're not saying that they were keeping the first day. They said, come back. Uh, you know, They didn't ask him that. We don't see this written anywhere in Scripture. For in Acts 13, 44, it says, on the next Sabbath, almost the whole city came together to hear the words of, Je- of being preached about Jesus. So here we say, they waited a week till the next Sabbath. Now, if they were Keeping it on Sunday, they would have said, "Come back tomorrow." But no, they waited. They waited for the next Sabbath. That's how important it is for them back then. And of course, you know, we've that's,
0: that's truly remarkable, isn't it? Because you know, here we've got the Book of Acts, and of course, the Book of Acts has got the acts of the disciples. And we're talking decades after the after the cross here. But here's mm. the, the the disciples, the apostles, um, preaching to the Gentiles, and the day they do it is on the on the Sabbath.
1: Yes, and then they wait till the next Sabbath to carry on sharing you know they didn't say come back tomorrow that's our day work Ah, uh, They're not good
0: evangelists, are no. they?
1: <laughs> <laughs> and also, I think what's really important to share, too, uh, in the New Testament, how important it was to them. Because if you remember Mark uh, 15 at the end of the chapter there, uh, when uh, uh, Jesus uh, died, uh, it said that uh, Joseph, uh, it was a preparation day. That's the day before the Sabbath. <clears throat> and Mark 16, 1-4, it says, When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and Salome, brought spices so they might go to anoint. Jesus' body. Very early on the first day of the week, just after sunrise, they're on their way to the tomb and they asked each other, who will roll the stone away from the entrance of the tomb? But when they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had been rolled away. So here it was so important to them that they would not anoint the Messiah because it was the Sabbath. They waited. They waited for a whole day. Jesus died on the Friday. They waited the whole day and then they came on Sunday, the first day of the week, To actually put the anointment on Jesus, this is how much it meant to
0: them. Yeah, yeah. In other words, what we've got here is Jesus actually resting in the tomb Mm. on Sabbath, and he actually is raised from the dead to recommence his work on the day after uh, the uh, he's rested in the tomb. And to me, I look at this, and you know, yes, you've got these these women there. You know, they're not going to anoint if ever there's an excuse for. Uh, you know doing something on Sabbath surely anointing the body of Jesus qualifies
1: and what makes it so beautiful to me it here is Jesus re- resting before his next part of his ministry yeah you know and it goes all the way back to creation how wonderful wonderful is that I just wanted to finish the comments here tonight so important it is that uh what is going to happen in the future will we actually go back to the Old Testament Isaiah 66 23 23 22 to 23 says for as the new heavens and the new earth which I make remain before me, says the Lord. Show your show your descendants and your name remain, and it shall come to pass that from one new moon to another, and from one Sabbath to another, all flesh shall come to worship me, says the Lord. And what makes that so beautiful to me? This in the new new earth, we're going to carry on as we've been doing here. This is our custom here. We're still going to worship. Extra have that extra rest with Jesus on the Sabbath in the New Earth. Mm. How wonderful of that! That it's actually going to carry on.
0: And this is this is not. You know, sometimes people have said to me, "But Pastor, this is just so legalistic." To me, I in my entire life, I have never i found this to be a legalistic day. In fact, to me, I find it is the most incredible blessing in the day and the age in which we are living today to be able to turn around and to say, okay, I'm stopping. I actually turn off the television set I actually uh, turn off the uh, the, the media yes. uh, I actually have a day where I fellowship with my with my family uh, a day when I can uh, worship God uh, when I can relate to his people and you know it's all about relationship and look yes. we're living in a world our day and age now where uh, relationship is being undermined you know the Almighty device cuts across everything but what God does is he turns around and he says, my friend, what you need is you need a day of relationship. And I've created one for you. I w- does it take some adjustment in your program? Yes, it does. But I'll tell you something. If you um, want to take up an exercise program, it takes some adjustment in your program.
1: Well, um, I, I've never, never, ever regretted following the Lord and whatever wherever he leads me. And, and this is just one part of it, one part of the whole story.
0: It is it, it is and 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 this to me really makes life complete when you've actually got time to enjoy what the Lord has actually given to you mm. And to me, that's beautiful. Look, yes. Eric, we do need to, uh, we do need to finish off. Uh, let's, uh, I'm just wondering, how would you like to, to pray? You sure. know, for, you know, if there's anybody there that, you know, might be, you know, struggling on this particular issue, would you just like to just pray sure. for them that Lord will bless, uh, because maybe there are some people who need to say, Hey, look, you know, I need to adjust my own lifestyle. Sure. Our dear Heavenly Father,
1: Lord, we're so grateful to read your words tonight. Uh, to listen to the Holy Spirit, Lord, speak to our hearts. And tonight, Lord, we thank you that you have come and changing us and keep on changing us. You change us from within to without, Lord, and uh, we thank you, Lord, for what you are doing. And tonight, Lord, we just ask that as we read your scriptures, that your truth will be revealed to us. Lord, you've set up a day in which we can truly comprehend you. We know that all the commandments are important, and the Ten Commandments is important as well, that each day we need to worship you, but this particular commandment says remember. Remember this day of rest, that we may fellowship with you and with our family that we may take time outside of all our duties. So I pray, Lord, that each one of us and those that may be struggling with this topic, Lord, will dig deeper into Scripture, that the Holy Spirit will lead them into all truth. So thank you for Jesus. Thank you for his example. Thank you for who he is, for his wonderful love for us all. We pray tonight in Jesus' name.
0: Amen. 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 Well, my friends, uh, it does look like our time's up for today. Thank you so much for joining Pastor Gary and Eric Hoare on Drive Time Big Q&A. Please join us tomorrow when Pastor Fabiano and Pastor Hugh Heenan are going to be leading the discussion, uh, and they're going to be looking at the question, if Saturday's the seventh day Sabbath, uh, where did Sunday come from? And they're going to be digging uh, into the Scriptures, but they're also going to be digging into into history. I believe you'll greatly appreciate what they're going to share. Really uh, look forward uh, to your being with us again, but until then, please remember Christ said... I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give isn't like the peace that the world gives. So don't be troubled or afraid. May our God richly bless you. This program has been made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio.